0: what up everybody this is chat we are a few days behind but i'm still a little bit hyped from the finale of the mandalorian so let's just get right into it we do not need to go into a recap because if you're listening to this you've seen the episode or you've read about it and there's enough recaps going on out there but i think we need to i have too many questions that need to be discussed and the whole world already knows what happened in the episode So, Zach. John Favreau was on Good
1: Morning America this morning talking about the episode. So if you don't know about it, um, you're living under a rock.
0: Yeah, press pause and and go watch the episode because... So, uh, first question's first. We've got a lot of stories being spun off of The Mandalorian that are coming fresh out of the movies or, or, or just being generated anew. Is I keep, my brain keeps thinking: Is Star Wars turning into the MCU? Is, Zach, what, do you think? What do you think about that that idea?
1: Um, I I don't know if it's turning into the MCU. I definitely think they're stealing a lot of ideas from the MCU. I mean, just you can start just with John Favreau's in charge. He, he worked in the MCU. He learned a lot from Kevin Feige about how to keep all this stuff together. So. I think they're stealing stuff, stealing ideas of how to keep things going. But, well, I mean, maybe they are a little bit. Because even Kathleen Kennedy said once they get done with Mandalorian, once they get done with um, Ranger of the New Republic, with Ahsoka, and now done with uh, the Book of Boba, they said there's going to be a big crossover event. So, who knows if that's a case. She said that? She said that during the investor call.
0: Oh, I didn't even Uh, realize that. Yeah. So, maybe I'll retract my
1: statement and say, yeah, it is becoming the MCU a little bit.
0: So, I want, my my instinct is to say yes, but my left brain is saying no. And here's why. The MCU didn't know, as much as they retroactively tied everything together, they didn't know what they were until Phase 2. I think they brought them together in Avengers, but honestly, Avengers was cool and it was a nice to have, but, and a lot of people loved what was going on in Avengers, but I don't think I was sold on the continued camaraderie and just fun time of spending, of of being with these characters until maybe Civil War where there was there was conflict within the group they fought it out there were consequences and yet you could still see some of the bonds and it was, the, the ties were tested it wasn't some superficial thing what we're seeing now with with star wars is we've got the mandalorian and people latched on and had fun and had a good time with baby yoda and with mando I am not buying any of the charisma of any other characters coming out of this show. They may have had good individual standalone episodes, but the charisma has not been tried and tested. I think I, that Disney is hoping that the leadership of John Favreau and Dave Filoni is going to guide them going forward. But it doesn't, we're not at the MCU stage yet, but everyone's crossing their fingers that Disney will will succeed and lightning will strike again with Star Wars like they have with MCU.
1: And I don't know if Star Wars really needs to be the MCU. Think about what it was before any of this. It was it, even before the sequel trilogy came out, even before the prequel trilogy came out. It was loved by millions of people. It was one of the favorite trilogies of all time. Of the favorite sci-fi movies trilogies of all time so i don't really even know if it needs to be i think they could probably do just fine kind of telling these side stories side missions that are somewhat connected to the overall world but if they want to try to cross everything over and make and do something like that i think it's worth a shot it's they like you said they they saw it they've seen how good it can do with and with the mcu let's let's see what happens just uh They've got tons of projects in development. I mean, it's not like all of them are written yet. I think they have the ability to adapt. I think they have an idea. That that is one nice thing. That kind of what you said is um, the MCU took a little while to figure out exactly what they what they were. Um, it kind of seems like Dave's got an idea. Dave and John have an idea of what's mm-hmm. what their their goal is. It seems like Dave Filoni's had this for a long time. He's had this since Clone Wars. Maybe he didn't see where it was going, but he probably had this idea. Of having this big, like all these connecting series, um, even if they're not just, even they're not tightly connected, they are loosely connected and you can kind of bind them all together at the end.
0: I think what we might see is that we call this period of time between the age of the Republic or sorry, the age of the Empire and whatever we're calling the Rey Skywalker sequel series um, or a trilogy. I think we're going to see this period between the two as its own entity, its own world. And where there's going to be tie-in is going to be with the shows that are within this Mandalorian era. And there's going to be stories that all build off of each other within this little era. So right now we have The Mandalorian. We now have The Book of Boba. The Book of Boba Fett. (laughs) We have The Rangers of the Republic. And we also have uh, Ahsoka. So that's four shows all set within the t- same time frame. And right. most of the characters have already met each other within The Mandalorian. I think you're going to see them pop in and out of each of the shows. But there's going to be a heavy emphasis on The Mandalorian world. Well, for now. Maybe we'll get bigger later on. But there's that's that's four shows. We have okay. six or seven other shows or movies that are yet to yet to be spawned that we're going to see and they're going to be set outside of what we know as the Mandalorian era world of shows so i have more concern with the shows that are not rooted in the mandalorian the shows that spin off of the mandalorian i have more hope for but what i don't want this to turn into is another warner brothers dc debacle where we announce all the shows, this content, and we hope and pray that it works out versus the MCU where we had some established characters and we organically rolled it forward. And then Baggy announced all the different movies that are coming forth in the future. The other thing that right. makes me nervous is Warner Brothers and DC has done this thing where every individual show is kind of its own or movie has is its own entity and there is a inconsistent amount of ca- crossover between the movies they it feels like they've since abandoned that they they clearly lacked leadership and cohesion between the storytelling and what they wanted to achieve it doesn't feel like that's the case with Disney and Star Wars but there's a there's definitely a I don't want this to turn into DC. I hope it stays close to the MCU, but it also has a lot of its its individual shows that are going to be independent of the Mandalorian. But, anyways, lots of lots of potential for the future.
1: The the one good thing is is um, I think it's off to a better start than DC's was because you think DC the first movie that was part of that universe was Man of Steel, which was pretty good, but it was not everybody loved it. And then they followed that up with Batman vs Superman, which widely wasn't liked where now you've had two seasons of Mandalorian, where the second one I thought was... I thought the first one was good, I thought the second one was better. So it seems like they've at least found their niche and improved on it. So I think it has that leg up over the DC.
0: It's true. And I think another contrast, something that makes it what we're doing in Star Wars different from what what was done with DC, is in Star Wars, what we're trying to achieve now, at least with this world, is... A group of of people who are who have mostly friendly relationships and they want to spend time with each other you want that's what they're at least selling us on Mm -hmm. and in DC there was no camaraderie amongst that crew and they forced them together so and in the MCU what ended up happening is the people that were in vendors mostly liked each other they had their problems but that just made for a conflict within the group which is good storytelling So there's a strong distinction and a difference between what's going on in the Star Wars Wars world at this point versus what we had in in DC. So it's got more potential for success just based on that, in my opinion.
1: And if you just stick with the Mandalorian stuff, they've already set up that, yeah, they may be getting along in this episode, but Bo-Katan and Boba and Mando, they've all got different upbringings and thoughts and... Mm -hmm. Uh, there's gonna be some conflict with those guys eventually, mean You could just see Boba Fett. He went straight back to being he wanted to be a basically not a warlord, but he wanted to be a a crime lord, be a gangster. Yeah. yeah, that's it. He doesn't have the same agenda that Bo has, and who knows what what uh, Din's agenda is going to be now that his kind of mission to find a Jedi for Grogu is over.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. I, I that's actually one thing about this episode that I really liked is that it felt as though we were gonna have a happy ending, and then it spun on its head, and we had Bo-Katan potentially fighting uh, Mando, and we have Boba Fett splitting off and doing his own thing. And I don't know how I feel about them not like keeping Moff Gideon alive. I think that's a crutch. I think they're hoping to keep him alive as a as a potential supervillain or oppositional force. Maybe he'll be like the low key of the group, where he's part of the group, but he's not like their ally, or you right. can't really tell. But I did it. It felt like it could have been tied together and n- nicely ended on a on a fairy tale note, but that's not what happened at all. So I actually yep. was very very pleased with that.
1: Yeah. No. I. It's. Yeah. I think it's good storytelling. Like it's they they knew they're like. It's not like the show was at risk of being canceled. So they knew they're going to have another, Mm -hmm. they're going to have another season to keep going. So there's really no reason to tie everything up in a nice neat bow. They didn't at the end of season one either. They did, but they didn't. So it's uh, just leave the questions open and then we'll go figure it out. And I think I said this before, just don't ask too many questions like Lost does that. You don't have time to answer them all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They started asking a lot of questions, but they're answering them in different shows. Yeah. So let's, get into the big surprise uh, reveal of this episode, and that is the return of Luke Skywalker. So we've been talking about this. Everyone's been talking about it. Everyone at least who's been recapping the show. Uh, Grogu was at the temple, was reaching out to other Jedi. We knew a Jedi was going to show up at some point later on in the season. Uh, We were speculating as to which Jedi would show back up, whether it was Luke whether it was Ahsoka again, whether it was Ezra, whether it was somebody else. And what you didn't want to happen happened. You didn't want Luke to show back up. How, how did you feel about Luke returning to the screen? Tell me what your instinct was and what your emotional reaction was and how you feel about it now that you've had some time to think about it.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, when it, so I watched it real early on Friday morning when it, when that, when the X Wing first shows up. I'm like it's Luke, of course it's Luke. I as like being deep into this stuff and just knowing about other potential Jedi. I'm like, man, I really wanted something a little more interesting. But if you step back and I step back and think about this, and you think about the people that are watching the show, the people that are watching the show are the people that watch the movies. They don't necessarily read the comics. They don't read the books. They don't play the video games. They they just watch. They don't watch the the, the cartoons. They just watched the live action stuff on the screen. It's really the only thing that made sense. So when he shows up in the X wing, I'm first like, ah man. Um, But then they get into kind of his Vader his Vader hallway scene. I thought that was a lot of fun. That was because you always when you're reading Legend stuff or just thinking about stuff as a kid, you're like, man, what is what is Luke like as a full power Jedi? And this is the first time you ever get to see him as a full power Jedi. Just not not even being phased by these guys, you get to, you see it early in the episode that Din just gets wrecked by one of them, and and Luke just mows through him with no problem. So I thought that was I thought that was a fun way to deal with people wondering what's Luke like afterwards. How powerful is he? Showing he's pretty he's pretty dang powerful, and he can he can handle the dark troopers with no problem. So I, where I had a little bit let down at first. Then I got excited for the whole hallway scene, and then, then after thinking about it, at the end, I'm like, "Yep, that made sense." It, Ezra wouldn't have made sense. Ezra wouldn't have made sense to too many people. Even Mace would have been like, "What? That guy's showing up? Is he still alive?" Mm-hmm. Or Cal Kestis? or just yeah, that, it, another. He was the most logical choice. So I'm good with it. I I, I had fun with it. How did you feel about it on first view?
0: So I you know as soon as you see the x wing i i knew immediately and then you see the green lightsaber and i'm like okay this is luke my i i upon viewing it my my emotion was i was turned off by it a little bit like nostalgia bait when it feels like nostalgia bait when it feels manipulative my instinct is to turn away from it and to um looking back on it now i actually like it was cool and it was it, it was a necessary thing to happen, um, but it wasn't emotionally as satisfying as I would have liked. Um, I I am more interested in the deeper world and the, to, I want to be surprised. So seeing Luke go through there and, and fight the dark troopers and basically wreck them, it was kind of cool. But again, I never thought that he was at risk. I never thought that anybody else was at risk it was basically just you know nostalgia bait like oh let's let's show luke going crazy and the fans will love it so i i just i was taken out of the episode i wasn't in it but looking yeah. back i kind of needed to forgive what what happened because it needed to happen and it felt like this was a reset that the star wars fans needed after luke had gone sour in the last jedi me personally, I'm all about forward progress and new stories, not revisionism. I maybe they need to they need to continue or show Luke in a better light. I don't know if that's going to happen, as it you know because partly because even though when Luke pulled back his hood and you could see his face, it looked like Luke Skywalker. It looked like Mark Hamill. Um, it, and Mark Hamill, you know, came out and said, "Yeah, that's my voice." It, it still has that uncat, uncanny valley look to him. It felt when, like, like a computer to me
1: when he first pulled off the hood and hadn't started talking yet. I actually thought it was Sebastian Stan. I'm like, oh my goodness, they actually got him to do this. Mm-hmm. And then, then he started talking. I'm like, okay, it's CGI. I thought it was better CGI than, um, than Tarkin. Tarkin Tarkin felt more like a video game character to me. Yeah, this had th- this still did, but it it was like the next step. It felt a little less. It wasn't quite as good as what's the Netflix movie,
0: Gangster the movie, Irishman, The Irishman.
1: Yeah, the, the de aging in that I thought was better. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but I also don't know because it wasn't Mark Hamill's body um, that they yeah. like those. They actually had the actors do it and just de aged them. Maybe that would have worked better. He looks, I mean, I think he looks a little different as an older guy than he does yes. a younger guy, so that, it would have been tough. But I thought, again, I think I thought it was better than Tarkin. I thought they took a step a step forward. It's only going to get, that stuff's only going to get better over time. In 20 years, you're going to be like, you can't even tell if it's a, a real person or not, probably. One thing you did say that kind of spurred me is I, I was the same way. I didn't have, like, I've heard, I've read people like, Getting real emotional and crying when, when Luke shows up because <laughs> their childhood hero shows up. I was the same as you. I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is fun. The emotion for me was saved at the end with Mando and Baby Yoda. That was when the emotion happened for me. Yeah. That was, I mean, because you've been living with these guys for two seasons. They've been father and son. You've seen them bond. You've seen them come together together. And now they're separating. They're kind of begrudgingly separating. Both of them seem like they know this is what the right thing to do is, yep. but they don't really want to do it. Um, I thought they did excellent with the with the end there, with the the between the two of them, with the taking the helmet off, with the touching the face, with all that stuff. It's like you can't. It's hard to imagine they can do something like that with a puppet, but they they did it. So I, I don't know. That was the best part of the episode to me,
0: and I actually saw it coming. And I, I mean, everyone saw it coming, but it still yeah. it felt. It's still, um, but the most interesting aspect of the actual episode to me was the tease that Bo Katan and Mando would have to fight for the Darks, er, yep. yeah, the Darksaber. Um, but there was always a kind of a rift between the two of them. They never saw eye to eye. So the, the fight that is required to, to possess the, the Darksaber is, a necessary rift that's going to occur between the two of them. And that there's so many questions and intrigue with that, that conflict between characters that I, I'm very excited to see. It's, it's posing a question, um, that is not coming out of left field. It's, it feels right, but I wanted to see them fight in the episode. It felt like a tease. Yeah. I wanted to see it right then and there. Maybe that was just being greedy, but it felt like it would have been a, a good end to the episode. Uh, so we are at the point now where Baby Yoda is out of the picture. This yeah. was something that we've been talking about where we we knew that Baby Yoda needed to step aside because he either needs to be fighting with the crew or is a, there was a couple episodes where Baby Yoda was not in the picture or maybe it was just one and then it, you know just yeah just
1: the last one right
0: mhm and in order for the story to mature Baby Yoda couldn't be just tied to the back of Mando, he needed to he, to go. And I don't know. He was the well. He was the mission. Yeah, so. he was the mission. He was the he was the, the MacGuffin. MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. But now he's going to step aside. I'm very curious what happens with Baby Yoda when he's off screen. Like, is he going to age up somehow, or is he gonna? Is he gonna be a, a five year old with crazy superpowers versus a three year old with like, you know budding powers right uh, we'll we'll see but whatever taking yoda off baby yoda off screen was necessary for the show now we get to have some more adult fun for lack of a better right. term
1: oh well, it was something you brought up with the whole dark saber thing that was an interesting turn from if you did if you watched rebels um Bo-Katan gets the Darksaber originally. She is given the gar- Darksaber. She does not fight for it. Sabine actually wins the Darksaber and gives it to Bo-Katan, because Sabine knows she can't lead, so she's going to give it to Bo-Katan to lead. So, I this is just my guess. At the end of that episode, it seemed like all the Mandalorians that were there were on board with her taking charge, but they all saw her just take the... just be gifted it. Mm-hmm. Something probably goes wrong with that, where there's a lot of people that say, "Oh, you didn't really you didn't win this the real Mandalorian way." And they don't really re- they stop recognizing her as the leader, and that's that's probably where stuff starts going south. So that's probably why she's no, I can't just I can't just take it. I have to fight you for it. She's probably learning from her past mistake and is not going to do that again.
0: True, true. And uh that makes for, you know, good story. Like we, we that can be revealed in the, the the next season where we see all the people who maybe did not follow Bo Katan because of the route she took to have the Darksaber in Rebels. Or right. what's what happened post Rebels. Right. And and maybe
1: there's a chance that I mean there it could go one of two ways. It could that be that she fights Din for the Darksaber or she over time comes to accept him as, hey, maybe this guy should be the one leading us Maybe he's the right guy. Um, so th- there's, there's diverging paths that you go on that, but that's going to be up to bo Yeah,
0: so this actually gets to one of the questions I have uh, for a lingering issue that the show has had, where we've had Moff Gideon as the big bad, but he hasn't been around as often, so we keep having to generate new bad guys for every episode. Now Moff Gideon is with the crew. We don't know what's going to happen with him, but we also have the potential conflict with Bo Katan versus Mando. So I think we're going to have a more sustainable conflict on a date on an episode by episode basis. So this solves the the villain problem that Mando has had, Mandalorian has had, which leads me to the question of Moff Gideon was. The, the bad guy. We still haven't learned exactly what Moff Gideon was doing with Grogu's blood. We also... The, the clone engineer, which which is what mm-hmm. was revealed in this episode. The, the I forget his name, but the, that guy was a clone engineer. And he, he was using and studying Baby Yoda's blood to use for something that we have not... They haven't revealed yet. Right.
1: And we don't really... I mean, the way he helped them out, like just... Kind of giving them, willingly giving them information. It almost seems like he's not really, because um, he has the Camino patch on him. So he probably, he works for the cloners on Camino. He's not necessarily like an Empire guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's not, he's probably not on their side. He's, uh, he's just, Been they either forced him, yeah, he either forced him to do the work or paid him to do the work or whatever it was. And as far as we know, we still, they still have him in custody or Boba Fett did. Who knows what Boba Fett did with him. So, yeah, that's a it's a good question. There's plenty of speculation that I mean the, the if you go down the logical path, which kind of seems like the show seems to do, is we're building towards he's Gideon's trying to figure out a way to clone the emperor mm-hmm. that's in or, or make a Snoke or whatever. or Snoke is just a byproduct of that. Um, it seems like the way they're going, not my it's not my favorites. Door, not my favorite way to take the story, but if they go that way, that's fine. Um, but I think they, I almost, I, I feel like this is going to really become more of its namesake, The Mandalorian, where it's going to focus more on Din and and Bo-Katan, and they're going to bring back the armor at some point. I know they're going to. It makes too much sense to do that. They've got Boba to play with. I mean, they have all these kind of, and then they can bring in other factions of Mandalorians. Um, what they're gonna do with them, I don't know, but that's that's kind of the way I've if they're just going with the name of the show, that's my feeling of how where they're gonna go next.
0: Yeah. You just touched on Boba Fett and Boba Fett had the had the engineer with him last we saw on the ship. But right. During the episode, Boba Fett pieces out. He leaves everybody on the cruiser with Moff Gideon, which is a little weird because after the credits we see Boba Fett and Fennec return to Tatooine and take over Jabba the Hutt's fortress and I forget the character's name but there's uh, somebody had taken over for Jabba after his death and Boba Fett wipes out that crew sets free the slaves and sits the throne himself and Fennec is there with him. We don't know when this takes place after the events of the episode Clearly, there is a bit of a time in between because Fennec has to get back with Boba somehow because Fennec was on the cruiser. Good point, yeah. So it was a little jarring, but, it, you know, whatever, it's still cool. Uh, but the events of the new show, which has been announced, the Book of Boba Fett, is going to take place a little bit after what we've seen in the episode.
1: Yeah, And I'm actually kind of glad we waited a day to do this because I think if i remember what john Favreau said on his good morning america interview this morning that will be the book of boba is its own spin-off show it's mm-hmm. not the mandalorian season 3 but it is being released in december of next year and they haven't even started they've they're just now starting production on that show they have not started production on season 3 of mandalorian so that show will, mandalorian season 3 will be like late it'll either be in Later in twenty, it'll either be like mid twenty twenty two or it'll be November twenty twenty two. So it'll almost serve as season three, even though oh. it's not season three. I wondered so about that. I didn't know. Yeah, he just said that this morning. So they they're not going to be released at the same time. They're not going to both come out in December of next year. Mm-hmm. And, and it will not be Mandalorian season three. It'll just be its own spin off show. And there'll be—it almost seems like there's going to be a year and a half or two-year time gap between season two and three of Mandalorian.
0: Yeah, so I'm guessing with with that bit of a breather in between season two and three, maybe with that time, that real-world time, we will forget a little bit and and our minds will reset, and maybe Baby Yoda will be aged up a little bit, and maybe we'll skip some time. Um, so be. it's probably a good idea because I was really concerned about. Star Wars fatigue when they announced the book of Boba because I thought it would be happening around the same time or, you know, overlapping with Mandalorian season three. But now that we know we'll have some space between the two of them, we won't get overrun with star Wars. And I think they need to focus on one show at a time because the book of Boba Fett is being executive produced by Filoni, Favreau, And Robert Rodriguez. I think we're going to see a lot more Robert Rodriguez's style um, and flair in The Book of Boba Fett. Robert Rodriguez has a bit more edge than both Filoni and Favreau. I thought this... Which is... Because the show is going to be onto itself and there's not going to be any other Star Wars content released at that time. At least not live action. I don't think they're going to go as hard R as I would like, which they're never going to, but even like hard PG-13, I was hoping that this show would be a little bit more rough than what we're seeing with The Mandalorian, but it's Robert Rodriguez, so we're going to see a little bit more edge no matter what, is my hope.
1: Right, right. I kind of like how just now that this year and the two seasons are over, um, they did Clone Wars in the early part of the year then they do Mandalorian the late part of the year. I kind of liked that. I thought two series a year, that felt good to me. Like that's, I don't, I don't feel any fatigue. Like I thought that was a good amount. It seems that they're setting up for next year. It seems like Bad Batch will be sometime in the first half of the year. And then Book of Bobo will be second half next year. Or be December next year. Who knows what, with all the, the projects they announced, what, I mean, there could be a point where they've got six series going a year, but two felt good to me. I like, I don't feel, I didn't feel overwhelmed, but I, Was also uh, happy with the amount of content we got
0: well and the other thing is with with star wars at least how it is set up now it's not like the mce where you probably should be watching every single movie as they come out with what we've got with star wars you can kind of pick and choose and you don't need it's not as much there's not as much homework required to understand what's going on in the plot and if you want to watch the Mandalorian and much of these Star Wars shows that I anticipate will come out they can they can kind of be background TV like you don't need to be paying attention if you don't want to you get you'll get more out of it if you watch it and you pay attention to it but if you don't feel like watching that kind of show or giving that sort of investment to the show you don't have to and it's still right. enjoyable so yep. I, I, that audience will be there and the audience that I think you and I are a part of, especially you, and is where you can watch everything and get something from everything.
1: Yep. I know, think about this year, all the stuff with the Siege of Mandalore arc for the Clone Wars. That's where you get Bo Katan reintroduced and it kind of builds, it gives you some nuggets for this season of Mandalorian. Next year, we already know Fennec Shan's going to show up in the Bad Batch. And then she's also, it looks like she's going to be a big player in. Book of Boba, so you if you don't need to watch The Bad Batch to watch Book of Boba, but you'll get a little more out of it if you do.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so Zach, the, this episode was a kind of a feel-good episode with a lot of questions and intrigue towards the end there. We got Luke, Luke Skywalker back, um, Baby Yoda exiting the picture, we've got Mop Gideon in, um, you know, under, under arrest in... in and we've got Boba taking over the Hutts' criminal empire on Tatooine. Lots of energy at the very end there. I, I have a couple of notes about this episode. I I noticed something, and it was a little, it was jarring. But more, like the more it happened, the more amused I was. Was mm-hmm. there was definitely a change to the music in this episode.
1: I, I actually really like the music in this episode. <laughs> um, I liked when they went uh, crazy techno with the uh, with the, the dark troopers. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I got a kick out of that. Like, that's something they, I don't know if they've ever done anything like that in Star Wars I, before. No,
0: it was, it, yeah, it, and it was a specific type of de- techno. It's, it's dubstep, it, and it, yeah. it's like hardcore I
1: I thought it was I thought it was great but I really but then just through the rest of the episode you get those I mean they weaved the Skywalker theme into
0: is that what went, that was, was hmm
1: yep they they yeah. weaved it into the mando theme when at the very end when they're talking I liked when they went straight from dubstep that right back. like they go from showing them like being um, charging up and then they go to Mandalorian sneaking off slave one. Firstly, sneaking off the shuttle, and they go right back to just regular Mandalorian, like, real quiet, the the normal theme music. I I thought that, just this whole season, I thought the music was great. I thought they when they did the Ahsoka episode, they weaved her theme in and out of that. Um, they did a couple, I think in that same episode, when she talks about Yoda, they, they weave in Yoda's theme. It's new, they have their own thing, but they're still they're still using the old John Williams stuff where, where it makes sense, which I, so one thing I am surprised about, they did this at the end of season one where they, they killed off two big characters, Quill and, um, IG 11. Really? Nobody dies. Nobody. So, yeah, yeah, just uh so they probably, I mean, they probably knew they were going to have all these spinoff shows. So Mm -hmm. it was hard to really can't kill off Fennec and Boba. They're going to, I mean, maybe you could have killed off, uh, Gideon, but that would have kind of felt like a waste. um, like he's such a he's such a good villain character, and I think they're going to be able to use him or need him at some point. You're not going to kill off Ben. Um, they're using they're using Cara for Rangers of the New Republic, so it was hard. To, it was hard to find a main character that you could sacrifice in this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it doesn't like you don't like you were saying you don't really feel like where are the stakes if uh, yeah. if nobody's if if no know, one's really at risk
0: like what, yeah everyone's right. gonna be fine. Let's just see how we get right. there. Right. I. Right. So in a way, yeah, no, I I do agree. I don't have, definitely agree with you. There felt like there was no real stakes in this season. Actually, we were. It was really we we're learning a lot, and a lot more questions were posed, and more people show up. So it was very cool. But I there was not a not that much actual drama, right. Um, yeah, this is
1: almost like the setup season for the yeah. future of Star Wars television, is what this was.
0: Mm-hmm. And in a way, because there wasn't any loss in this episode and season, we weren't getting a, a complete repeat of the notes that we saw, the character beats that we saw from season one. So right. it does keep you on your toes a bit, like there is more surprise, but. Um, we the the stakes need to be, well, they were raised at the end because now we know Book Tan and Mando are not going to be, you know, buddy buddy, but in season three and in Boba Fett and wherever else we encounter these characters again, we're going to need to see people at risk.
1: Um, and one other thing we haven't discussed that kind of it's a fun thought that puts it, it puts it in your head for oh what what's going to happen here is. Um if he goes to if with Luke and Luke starts training him at his temple eventually Kylo Ren goes through and slaughters all those kids. I mean, I think he said he like takes a few with him as like understudies, the people that kind of wanted to leave Luke too, but is baby Yoda still there? Does he get murdered by Kylo Ren? Wow. What happens to him in the the 10 20 years in because it, it's probably another it's probably another 15 20 years off from where that ha- when that happens. Mm-hmm. So, it's just something to think about. It's like, oh man, maybe Yoda can't stick around too long or he might be a casualty of Kylo Ren.
0: Well, maybe he becomes one of the Knights of Ren, but it's a very yeah, diminutive, yeah. <laughs> very short. Yeah, yeah. Of yep. That is sure, We haven't learned yeah, maybe anything about Knights of Ren. Um,
1: there, there was a comic book about the Knights of Ren. It was actually... So, the people that he took with him were not the Knights of Ren. They were actually an established sect of dark side users mm-hmm. he kind of gets indoctrinated into this uh cult and he basically I, can't, I think he either kills the leader or takes over from the leader and that's how he becomes the leader of the knights of ren okay um but he takes a he does take a few students with him we know he kills a few students but we don't have a lot of information about like who the who the people are or Aliens he takes with him are and who he kills and all that stuff. They focused on like two or three characters, but they didn't really get much more into it besides that.
0: Yeah, I would love to see that explored, like what's going on with Luke's Academy. Um, But it's going to be tough because there's no way, not in 2020 or 2021, you know, or the near future, are we going to be able to see a young luke skywalker right. on screen live action again
1: yeah they're gonna like i said 20 years is you're not gonna be able to tell i mean maybe they can do it in five ten years maybe they're gonna it'll be enough along at that point that it's yeah you're still gonna be able to tell it's cgi but it's gonna be so dang good that you don't care what if um, they
0: do they might do us a, like a, a cartoon a cartoon three yeah
1: 3D. yeah Clone horse style that would be really cool. I think that that would be a very logical thing to do, and I mean, just give that to Filoni and let him run. Yeah, I mean that's he
0: can do you know. it. All right, Zach. Uh, I, I that's all I got, man. I was very happy with this season. <laughs> I think everybody that watched the show is very happy with the season, especially this episode. Yep. Um, you know, I had my quibbles yeah. here and there, but overall, very, very, very good. Very a whole lot of potential for the future.
1: Yeah, I was. I, I thought they asked enough new questions that makes it fun for the future of what's gonna happen and obviously enough spin-off shows to keep us busy for the next five years. I said this at the beginning I really liked the first season this this season was even better to me. I just really I thought they kind of just hit their stride. what was it after the basically after like the the spider episode the, mm-hmm. the yeah the, I th- there weren't any there weren't any duds after that in my opinion. I thought they nope. was all just go go go.
0: Yeah, and we we talked about it. We said, you know, the back half of the season needs to take the momentum that they have, the potential, and they need to run with it. And they did. They were going 100 miles an hour. We took a little breather in episode 7, but it was a necessary breather. And it was a lot of character and story and theme. And you know what? In this episode, those themes carried over. Those themes of, like, this war is never ending. What side are you on? This is not good or bad. This is a lot of gray. I thought we were just going to completely disregard it, but no, it stuck around.
1: That is one thing that I think the new trilogy did a pretty good job of, is like... the you gotta have gray in there. It's like the Jedi were all light and they got overthrown. The Sith aren't right by being all dark side. You gotta use your you gotta use your moral compass on what's right and what's wrong. It's yeah. you can't just be dogmatic about everything. They did that with that was one thing they did pretty well with the sequel trilogy. It seems like they're they're continuing that with this this series.
0: Yeah. So Ahsoka has, you know, she was she was brought up a Padawan and she was a is, was a Jedi. We don't know if she's. Maybe she's not a Jedi anymore, but she's seen what happened to Anakin and she's been around the Jedi in all, in various phases. She's seen the Clone Wars. She's probably uh, been jaded by what happened in the Clone Wars. She's seen it all. Um, She's seen what happened to Luke when he became Darth Vader. And now she's seen, she sees potential uh, in Baby Yoda and Grogu and the world after the Empire. So and I, she, I, she definitely doesn't consider herself a Jedi in my mind because nope. she wasn't the person to uh, to teach and to bring up Baby Yoda. She's like, we need a Jedi to do that. If you want him to be a Jedi, he needs to be with Jedi. I'm not that person right. for it.
1: But but even she knows that's probably not a good idea.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. man, I wonder if she knows who Luke is and if she trusts Luke versus Anakin. <laughs>
1: That could be an interesting thing that they either explore in her series or later in Mandalorian, is if they, if they encountered each other or know each other, who know, we we don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks to all the listeners that are out there listening to the show, we appreciate you. There's a lot of Star Wars in our future. Don't know how long it'll be between um, now and the next episode of of Zick and Wick, but it's been an a, a great year. Well, a great year for Star Wars, and. Let me just say, I think the the Mandalorian may have single-handedly, and this is hyperbole, but the Mandalorian may have saved Disney as a whole, the billion-dollar company. Maybe not saved as a little dramatic, but this Disney Plus launch would not be what it was. The stock price would be taking a hit. They'd be making desperation moves left and right, given what's happened in the year 2020 if it weren't for The Mandalorian. So, you know... I
1: I think you are absolutely right. I mean, I've got two little kids. We turn on Disney Plus every once in a while to, like, put on a movie for them. But this is the only thing that... I mean, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. on a Friday to watch it. I Mm -hmm. mean, I can't say that about any other show, really. Um, And I'll probably do something similar when the other Star Wars and when the Marvel series comes out. They had other original content, but it was really the only... Decent original content, mass mass um,
0: mass uh, consumer mass appeal event. event. Right. Yeah, it was an event right. show that everybody was watching.
1: Right, and I think Wandavision is going to be similar. I think it's going to have a. Um,
0: I hope so. I don't know what yeah. you think it'll get as mass appeal. It'll Ma- bring casual, not like this, the Mandalorian got people to watch a Star Wars, a nerdy Star Wars show that would not have watched. They, they probably didn't watch the the movies. There are people who will watch the show who didn't watch the movies. I guarantee it.
1: Yeah, probably. But I, maybe not. But I also think, I mean, think about how much money those last two Avengers movies made. That was a lot of people who saw that stuff. And there hasn't been, it may be one thing if there had been like everything went normal this year where you'd had uh, Black Widow by this point. What was mm-hmm. there was there Black had, Widow um,
0: and then Eternals would have been out she, by now.
1: Yep. Shang-Chi, I, you I you think that was next. Stuff.
0: I'm not sure. But yeah, it would you have been. It,
1: any,
0: it would have been yeah, Eternals no, and Black Widow. Yeah,
1: no MCU stuff since then, so it's gonna be the first thing. Um, I think it's gonna get play. It may not get quite the views that Mandalorian does, but it's gonna be close. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. Well, we we will see, and I don't know if you want to cover the MCU on this podcast, but
1: yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll
0: we'll, fill you, we'll fill you guys in if that's the case. Yeah. Um, but for for both Zach and I. Want to thank you once again for this listening in on Zick and Wick for this this season of The Mandalorian, and uh, this is Chad saying goodbye, signing off, and we'll see you next time.
1: See you later.